I just uh, I just had to let that play for a couple of seconds. I was having a Stevie Ray moment yesterday, and I just let it continue today. I was watching a lot of his stuff, reaction videos and stuff, so I just decided to let that one roll a little bit. Good morning, San Antonio. It's 508-550-KTSA. FM 1071, the Treyware page at KTSA.com. Hey, listen, the, the Republicans are going to control the House. Uh, they, uh, 218 was reached uh, yesterday afternoon, so Nancy Pelosi, bye. You know, bye. I, I, I don't know. I, people have asked me, is she gonna, do you think she's going to stay even though she won't be the Speaker of the House? I do not have an answer for that. I don't know. Um, and and I, she hasn't really said. So it, it, I think it's going to be hard for her to play second fiddle to anybody, you know. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, and I don't really care. Uh, I don't care anything about Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't affect my life one little bit other than when she's in power and doing stupid crap. But other than that, I don't, you know, whatever. She, she can go be ambassador to, I, you know, the Mar- Mars. That would be probably the best thing could happen for us. All right, uh, 210-599-5555. As I go through the stories this morning, feel free to jump in here. And I just wanted to start with the Clayton Perry thing real quick because I'm not going to spend much time on it, it as far as I'm concerned. The man has been conciliatory. The man has asked for forgiveness. And the man, it's time to move on. And But I do have a couple of other comments to make about uh, issues surrounding this story. And they're not about Clayton. If you want to hear my interview with him that I did at 6.30 yesterday morning, it's up on the Treyware page at KTSA.com. I recommend listening to it because you're going to hear a man who's contrite. You're going to hear a man who uh, you know understands the gravity of his actions. And you're going to hear a man who is, is, is willing to deal with the consequences come what may. And so that's what you hear from a grown-up. And he also was very grown-up yesterday in that he said, I'm not going to take my salary while I'm on sabbatical. Now, that's highly unusual for anybody, especially a politician, because the city you know, would pay, and then right now they get about $46,000. Uh, roughly, and the city would pay for that, but uh, you know, times two for whoever's going to be filling in. But uh, he said, "No, I'm while I'm out, I'm not going to take my my salary." He's never taken the city insurance, by the way. So that was a great move on his part as well. So far, you know, his moves have been fantastic in the in the wake of all this. The mayor, not so much. And I had a lot of comments that I made on on Warren Rima yesterday about the mayor, and I stand by every single one of them. And let me just give you an update, because maybe you weren't listening at 725 yesterday when I was going through it. But the mayor um, has shown, once again, to be who he is. And that's not a person with a heart. He is a political animal that just wants politics to win the day. And he allowed his uh, politics to win out over humanity in this Clayton Perry situation. As I told you, when the story first came to light, he immediately started to call for Clayton's resignation, not knowing the facts, not having any of the backgrounding, not having done any investigation. He started doing that even before the police video was released that we all saw. This was what Nirenberg did. Hey, he's got to resign. He's got to get out of here. Well, and the reason for that is right now he's got a bunch of people. He's got a bunch of yes men on the city council, and Ron's thin-skinned. He does not like people to tell him no, and he does not like people to oppose him on issues and and agenda items that he's trying to get done. And Clayton Perry opposes him in in a very nice way, by the way. Clayton is much beloved down on that city council, even by a bunch of people who disagree with him. And the same is true in his his constituency in in District 10. I have been covered up by uh, folks who live in District 10 and their emails that they're sending to me about how much they love him and how much he has done for them and how much he... He actually got, you know, uh, drainage work done and stuff like that, sidewalks and things like that done that they had been begging for in District 10. In fact, right around the corner from the radio station, 
for uh, decades, and he got a lot of stuff done and uh, continues to get a lot of stuff done for his constituency. That didn't matter to Ron. You know, Ron just wants a bunch of yes men and women up there who are going to do whatever he wants done. And so yesterday it came out that he reshuffled the city council assignments. Now, within a week, two city council people were censured. One was Justin Bravo, Mario Bravo. I keep thinking Justin Bravo, Mario Bravo. And the other one is Clayton Perry. Now, the mayor stripped Clayton Perry of his uh, committee assignments and so on in the wake of the censure. Mario Bravo, no. No. He got new assignments, and I could go through what those assignments are, but he got new assignments from the mayor. Why? Because Mario Bravo was a yes man to the mayor. So instead of treating them equally for both of them getting censured by the city council, the mayor decides he's going to exact another pound of flesh out of Clayton Perry. And all I can say about that, number one, is Clayton Perry, again, go listen to the interview on the Trey Ware page, KTSA.com. He's very contrite. He is very sorry. And you don't beat a man when he's down. And and hats off to Manny Pelize for realizing that. And the other city council people, Manny changed the ordinance. And then the other city council people voted unanimously to, to not beat him up while he's down. In, in San Antonio, and a lot of other places too, but in San Antonio, when somebody comes to you and says, I really screwed up, that doesn't absolve them of consequences necessarily. It also doesn't absolve them of the responsibility. And Clayton didn't ask for either one of those. He said, there's consequences to my actions, and I'm responsible. I'm very sorry. But you don't kick him right in the hoo-hahs when he comes to you and says, I'm sorry, unless you're Ron Nirenberg. Ron Nirenberg does that because Ron Nirenberg is a political hack, and he's a political animal. So instead of exercising humanity, he put politics in front of humanity and decided to extract another uh, pound of flesh out of Clayton Perry. And all I can say about that, Ron Nirenberg was the only one to vote against the way the resolution turned out, which was not demanding a uh, resignation from Clayton Perry. Okay, Uh, Ron Nirenberg was the only one who still demanded his resignation. Even after the man said, I'm going to rehab, I'm going to do whatever I got to do, whatever it takes, I'm going to go do. Ron Nirenberg said, nope, that's not good enough. And I still want you to resign. And all I can say to Ron is, you know, the day's going to come when you are going to have to face somebody. And it may not be DUI, because I don't even know if Ron drinks or whatever. I have no idea. But the day's going to come when he's going to need people to rally around him and forgive him. And to say, it's all right, man, we're, we're people of second chances. And, Ron, that day's going to come. And it's very childish of you, yeah, I said childish of you, to hang on to this whole thing against Clayton. And I just say grow up a little bit and say, you know, I'm going to act like an adult. And I'm going to offer you that second chance. You're the only one who didn't do it. So what that says is, and it's no surprise to me, I've been telling you guys this ever since he violated our friendship. Uh, he's not a San Antonio guy, okay? He's not about San Antonio. He's about Ron Nirenberg and the far-left socialist Democrat agenda. That's what Ron Nirenberg's about. And so San Antonio is a very forgiving place. San Antonio is a very loving place. I know this city better than Ron Nirenberg does. I've been here forever. And I know this place. And I know the people of this town are loving, kind 
caring, second-chance people. Ron Nirenberg is not. And he kicked Clayton Perry when he was down. And, Ron, day's going to come when you're going to need forgiveness. And I hope, I hope, and I know that the citizens of this community will offer you a second chance. Even though you refuse to do that, they will offer it to you. I can't say much about your character. And it's been one of those deals that I haven't been able to say much about your character for a long time. And you just once again proved why I have abandoned you and said, I have no support for you at all. And what you did with Clayton Perry is exactly why. You have lied on a number of occasions. You have violated the trust of this community. And now, when a man says, I'm sorry and I need a second chance, you tell him to go to hell. You're not San Antonio, Ron. Plain and simple. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Patriot Trees are... Did you watch Donald Trump last night? Wow. (laughs) 64 minutes. Joe Biden couldn't do 30 seconds yesterday on that missile uh, problem over in Poland. In fact, his only answer was no. (laughs) When asked, you know, what's your comment? No. But Donald Trump stood there for 60, well, almost 69 minutes. I think it was, anyway, over 60 minutes. And he stood there and was the controlled, very measured, very smart, America first Donald Trump that you came to know and love. It was an outstanding speech that he gave last night. I'm going to go through some of it. Jimmy's got some sound. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. But uh, I do want to take your calls. If you saw the Donald Trump announcement, he is in. He's running for president. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Jimmy, do we have some of those sound bites broken down yet? Okay, he's working on that. But let me just tell you some of what he had to say. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests and my fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. Now, I have to tell you, he he was not the bombastic, crazy, chaotic, out of control Donald Trump that people um, have come to know. He simply was not. He was awake and alert, which is a sharp contrast from the current holder in the uh, in the White House. And he was on message. He didn't go trailing off into all these rabbit holes. He stayed right on message. He talked about where we are now. We t- he talked about where we were under his leadership for four years, which is an amazing accomplishment, the things that he got done. And actually, when you think about it, he got it done in two years because he had COVID for the last two years of his presidency that he was having to deal with that. So the, all the great accomplishments that he got done, he got done in two years' time. And there's numbers of reasons for doing that, and they all lead back to why Washington and the establishment had to get rid of him. The swamp had to... Had to, get, had to kill him off. And the reason for that was he went against everything they stand for. I mean, the guy, remember this, the guy actually put in a law that said, if you're going to put in one regulation, you've got to take two off. <laughs> so we were going backwards in the numbers of regulations that were on business and the American people under Donald Trump. I mean, it was absolutely amazing what was going on. And, of course, since he had his drill baby drill policy, the price of oil came down, and that lowered the price of everything across the board. That is anti-Washington, and Washington is anti-American. So he stood up last night and was very measured. He said, I will ensure that Joe Biden does not receive four more years. 
Our country could not take that, and I say that not in laughter. I say that in tears. Our country could not take four more years. They can only take so much. And right now we have a president who falls asleep at global conferences, was held in contempt by the British Parliament over Afghanistan, and he is leading us to the brink of nuclear war, a concept unimaginable just two short years ago. He said the decline of America is being forced upon us by Biden and the radical left lunatics running our government right into the ground. The decline is not a fate we must accept. He said Nancy Pelosi has been fired. I said if you win by two seats, be happy. And they won by a seat, something like that. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But here's what really got me out of this speech. And there's a bunch of this stuff, these excerpts that I'm going to go through. But here's what really got me yesterday. And really, it... it, it um, resonated with me down deep inside of me he said the job of taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests uh, unimaginable it's not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate this is a task for a great movement and he went on to talk about the movement itself and that you know we're talking about plumbers and we're talking about electricians and we're talking about guys who are cleaning the you know uh, trash haulers and all he, he he said it's all about you the movement is about you coming together to force these people to turn back and that's exactly how i see it i don't see it as one person doing the job like we elect somebody and then they're there and we expect them to turn back the tide because the the job's too big for one person and they attacked donald trump and attacked him and attacked him over russia and this and everything else they impeached him twice and he continued to go after the swamp but it's a movement it's all of us it's all of us coming together just like 1776 coming together and having a point man like Donald Trump to to lead the way, it was a it was a fantastic speech. It really was, I think, in my estimation, as far as Trey Ware is concerned, the best speech I've ever seen Donald Trump give was last night. Now I've been critical of the midterm stuff, absolutely. That didn't mean I wasn't a fan of his. You know, I can like Ron DeSantis, and I think Ron DeSantis is going to be a fantastic leader, and I want to see them come together. In fact, I'm going to address all that in a second. But I can still be a Trump fan and still like Ron DeSantis. And, and the crop of candidates that we have available to us as a conservative movement in this country, as Donald Trump put it, is outstanding. I want to see all of them come together to defeat the swamp, to defeat the anti-American forces that are running our government right now. They are not Americans. They're not for you. And we have some great people who are going to probably be running for president when you consider Mike Pence is going to get in probably. A lot of talk. His book came out yesterday. You got Donald Trump has already announced. You got, I think Ron DeSantis is going to get in. You know my love and affection for what Ron DeSantis can do and has done in the state of Florida. Mike Pompeo, what an outstanding Secretary of State. We've never had a better Secretary of State than Mike Pompeo, ever, ever. The best Secretary of State we've ever had, Mike Pompeo. And on down the line, I mean, wow, the choices that are going to be available to us in 2024 are going to be phenomenal. Let's come together and let's turn back the anti-American forces that are in charge right now. Hey, Pete, did you see the the speech last night? Yes, I did. Brother Trey, you know, um, been a a fan of, of Donald Trump since the 80s, admired the man, had a lot of respect for him ever since the time he was you know, on Oprah and she, you know, prodded him about running for president. I was like, go for it. And I was glad I voted for the man twice, but 
I don't know, man. I like Ron DeSantis. I think DeSantis has a good, you know, a good shot more than Donald Trump at the moment. But if Trump does run and successfully wins the primaries, you know, and he gets to the point, you know, where we're deciding in November to vote for him, he's got my vote. Absolutely. I'm with you. Thank you, Pete. 210-599-5555. Hey, Jim, you're on. Hey, Trey. Great. Wonderful morning. And, uh, I, I echo that caller right in front of me. I, I'm, I'm right in line with that. I want to see the whole field. Yeah, me too. Um, and I, I'll tell you, and I love Donald Trump's policies. I don't love his foot and mouth syndrome, but I do love his policies. And I don't love his some of his sorry picks that he made uh, with his attorney generals and putting Christopher Ray in charge of the FBI and Bill Barr in charge of the Justice Department. <clears throat> he cut his own throat with those decisions. And I, I don't want a repeat of that. I don't want these sloppy picks, which is what they were. And I got I to gotta hold Trump responsible for that. But I love him. If he, if, like the guy said, if he makes it out of the primary, he's got my complete support. But right now, I'm, I'm completely open. And I do love uh, what Ron DeSantis has done down in Florida. Very, very well said, Jim. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to survey the entire field. But as I said, I think we have an awesome field to choose from. The best field, a, a much better field than anything the Democrats can offer. And I'm, this is not saying that Donald Trump deserves to be president or anything like that. What I am saying, though, last night was the speech I wish he would have given back in 2020 when he was running to be president for the second time. Because that was an amazing speech last night. It was measured. It was non-chaotic. Uh, he knew what he was talking about. He had a grasp of the facts, and it was so refreshing. Again, once again, to hear somebody talk about how great America can be. Uh, we don't hear that from the radicals who are in, they don't believe it. They, the radicals who are in office now, from Joe Biden to Alejandro Mayorkas, and I'm going to talk about him when we come back. Uh, something that he did yesterday that should uh, should have him kicked out of office immediately. But those people are radicals who don't like this country. They're anti-American forces inside of Washington, D.C., and it was so great to hear somebody who loves this country talk about it last night the way Donald Trump did. It was phenomenal work by him last night. 210-599-5555. Back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Thanks to Total Wine, you saved me. 7, Trey Ware at 550 KTSA, FM 1071, the Trey Ware page, My exclusive interview. With Clayton Perry is up there on the Treyware page, KTSA.com. Check that out. So uh, Donald Trump said last night, when he left office in 2021, America was prospering. That's true. Our country was on track for an amazing future. That's true. Because I made big promises to the American people, and unlike other presidents, I kept my promises. Uh, if you saw the speech last night, did you see the same thing I saw? I saw a very measured Donald Trump. I saw a non-chaotic Donald Trump. I saw a Donald Trump that was under control and a Donald Trump that delivered the kind of speech. And, in fact, I last half hour, if you're just now joining us, I said it was uh, the best speech I've ever seen him give. He really did a great job. And it gives me hope for the Republican Party and conservatives. I really don't care about the Republican Party in and of itself, but I care about the conservative movement. He talked about it being a movement, that it's it's bigger than one person. It's bigger than one po politician, that this is a movement because the other side is a movement to destroy our country. And we enumerate those many, many vast ways that this radical bunch that's in D.C. right now, and it's not just the people you see. There's a bunch of people under the waterline that you do not see that are trying to bring down the, the great ship uh, known as the United States. He said, I kept my promises. And he said, when I become president again, 
I will not let men participate in women's sports. He said, we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs and gets caught selling drugs to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts. Which I think, and I've made this perfectly clear to everybody, that I think that the, the, the people who are poisoning our children with fentanyl right now, they are committing uh, acts of, of uh, capital murder. And uh, I think they ought to face the death penalty, a federal death penalty. I think it ought to be something that's applied all across the board. I gave the example of this guy in New York not that long ago. In fact, just a few days ago, was caught with 20,000, 20,000 of those rainbow fentanyl pills. Now, the only reason they make those fentanyl pills in a rainbow color is to entice our children uh, to, to make them think it's candy. They take a handful and they're dead. This guy was put back on the streets by the anti-American forces that are running our government right now. He was put back on the street with no bail. He actually should have been put on trial, found guilty, and executed because he's killing children with what he's doing. Um, he says, he's, uh, Donald Trump said, I'll bring down inflation. When he left office, inflation was at 1.2%. You know what inflation is like right now, all caused by these radical un-Americans, anti-American forces that are running the country. He said this, and he's right. Economic security is national security. And it is. And it starts with oil. He said that he would intervene to quell the rising violent crime because people are being shot and killed at random like you've never seen before. Cities are becoming cesspools of blood, he said. That's 100% true. Again, the anti-American forces, the radicals who are running our government, have brought this upon us. Why? Because George Soros... Uh, just this last cycle, put $200 million into their pockets. $200 million. And that's what he wants. He wants chaos in the streets. He said, I'm going to work to deport illegal immigrant uh, criminals, and I'm going to push a constitutional amendment imposing congressional term limits along with a lifetime ban on lobbying by former lawmakers and cabinet members and new rules restricting congressional block trades. Now, a couple of things that were associated with the speech. His sons, Eric and Barron, and his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, they were all there. Trump Jr., Donald Trump Jr., uh, was on a hunting trip, couldn't be there. But the, the left-wing media is making this big deal that Ivanka didn't go. Ivanka wasn't there. And see, her own, his own daughter doesn't like this, and his own daughter wants no part of it. No, that's not it. She's a mama, and she's choosing her family over politics. She said, this time around, I am choosing to prioritize my young children and the private life we are creating as a family. I don't want to be involved in politics. While I will always love and support my father going forward, I will do so outside the political arena. I can't fault her for that. I fault the liberal media for trying to make this a big deal. Oh, he doesn't even have the support of Ivanka, huh? No, Ivanka's going to take care of her family. And that's an awesome deal. And that says a lot about him as a dad, as a person. When she is deciding, hey, man, family's much more important than anything in politics. And I agree with that. And I think a lot of you agree with that as well. Anyway, it was a great speech. It was, it was very measured. He was not, you know, tossing bombs everywhere and screaming and hollering. It was really well done last night. So we got some great choices between him and, you know, my love and affection for what Ron DeSantis has done. I think, you know, if all these guys come together, and it's going to take all of them coming together to fight the onslaught from the uh, anti-American radi uh, radicals. You got something for me, Jimmy? All right, lay it on me. Yeah. That's always great to hear.
Sean, on behalf of Melania, myself, and our entire family, I want to thank you all for being here tonight. It's a very special occasion at a very special place. You and all of those watching are the heart and soul of this incredible movement and the greatest country in the history of the world. It's very simple. You hear that tone? That's the tone he carried throughout the entire night. That entire measured tone was, you know, that measured tone was the way he did it throughout the entire night. All right, let me get to Alejandro Mayorkas because I promised I was going to do that. So he is an anti-American radical, and he is in charge of the Department of Homeland Security, and he has collapsed the southern border. And we know terrorists have come into this country with this collapsed southern border. We know that deadly fentanyl is coming from China going to the cartels and being sent over here to kill American citizens. 100,000 died last year, two-thirds of them from fentanyl poisoning, including a bunch of children. This man is not about protecting the United States. He's an anti-American radical rebel. He is, uh, inside, he, he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He is inside this administration, and he is uh, leading our country to a downfall and probably more than likely into another terrorist attack. I hate to say that. That doesn't make me happy to say that, but we we know for a fact that terrorists have been streaming across the southern border, along with a bunch of criminals, along with a bunch of uh, men, single men, have been coming across the southern border, and they're all over the United States of America. And Alejandro Mayorkas, his number one job is to make sure that doesn't happen. Sorry for the passion, but I'm very passionate about this. I have said from the beginning, this man, the minute that this Republican Congress takes effect, the minute they go in and take their oaths, they should impeach him right away. Get him out of office. For the safety and security of the United States of America, Alejandro Mayorkas should be taken out of office. Now, yesterday, he appeared before Congress under oath, and he flat-ass lied. Under oath, once again. Just like Anthony Fauci and all these other anti-American radicals from this administration, they lie under oath, and they, get, they do it, and they get away with it because they know they can. He said yesterday the border is secure. He was asked that question, is the border secure? He said, yes, it is. You know for a fact. I know for a fact, and he knows for a fact the border is not secure it's a damn lie from the pit of hell, and it smells like smoke. So our own governor, Greg Abbott, who's been fighting and fighting and fighting on this issue, yesterday invoked the invasion clause of both constitutions in order to fight the huge invasion that's happening just to ourselves. Two-thirds of all the illegal uh, immigrants crossing the border come through the five Texas-based border patrol sectors. So... Invasion clause in the various constitutions, Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, says the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Right there is an impeachable term for Joe Biden and for Alejandro Mayorkas. Right there, violation of Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, shall protect each of them against invasion. In the Texas Constitution, Article 4, Section 7, the governor, as commander-in-chief of the military forces, he shall have the power to call forth the militia to execute the laws of the state to suppress insurrections and repeal invasions. Call up the militia, sir. Send them to the border. 
have them repeal the invasion that's happening. So Greg Abbott said yesterday he's going to deploy the National Guard to safeguard the border, repeal them, turn back the immigrants trying to cross the border illegally. He's going to deploy the Texas National, uh, the DPS, to arrest and return immigrants at the border. He's going to build a wall to multiple counties on the border. He's going to deploy gunboats. He's going to designate Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, enter into a compact with other states to secure the border, enter into agreements with foreign powers to enhance border security, and provide resources for border counties to increase their efforts to respond to the border invasion. Yesterday, a liberal left-wing judge, and you remember I've been telling you how important the Senate is because of these judges, a liberal left-wing judge yesterday got rid of, strike down Title 42, which means we're going to go from, according to Brandon Judd, the head of the National Border Patrol Council, we're going to go from about 220,000 people per month coming across, it's going to jump to about 500,000. He said there's going to be a complete explosion at the border of people coming across now that Title 42 is going away. It's time for a big change there, folks, and the Republican Congress needs to hit the ground running in January to get her done. John, go right ahead. You're on. Well, yes, it is about time. I've been calling for it ever since the governor was George Bush. And, um, you know, it, it, Governor Abbott finally realized that he shouldn't be sending them north. He should be sending them south. And you know what? President Eisenhower did it, and he did it by uh, self-deportation. We need to find out what he did to cause that and do that. All right. Thank you, John. 210-599-5555. Quick break. More in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. America's Diamond offers our five-year, 60-month... <laughs> it's 555 at KTSA. By the way, um, I got a couple of emails yesterday, people saying, how do we submit the Pledge of Allegiance and all that? It's real simple. Just do it on your phone. And then email it to me, Trey at KTSA.com. I give it to Jimmy. He puts it in a rotation, and it's all good. We just have you rotating through all that. So love to have you say it. I mean, if you got youngins, one guy contacted me yesterday and said, I got a four-year-old. Uh, the, actually, he came to me and wants to say it. He hears people say it on your show. Can oh, the four-year-old? Yeah. yeah. So we have a bunch but, of four-year-olds well, listening. Well, you know, now we have to, we have to <laughs> let them know you don't get paid for that. Yeah, no, yeah, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. People yes. be hitting you up for money after Yes, no, you're right. So, hey, I heard my pledge, I want my 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, we're not SAG or AFTRA you're around right, here, right. so you don't get a scale or not. No. You don't fill out those ASCAP logs. That's right. No, 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 you don't get paid for yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, neither do we, so just so you know, this is That's all a charity true. project. Right. Fine, sugar. I got a new name for you. <laughs> oh, God. You're not brown, sugar. Yeah. You fine, sugar. Fine, white sugar. Right? You know, if you were, if you were riding with us in our little motorcycle thing that we got, right. I, I'm not. I'm a, I'm an independent. I don't have a club or anything. I'm in. But maybe, you know, I got. Maybe some, you should start one. Well, you know, I got the it's the old folks club, and yeah. so we, you know, we hang out together and ride around, and uh, we we you know you get a road name. Yeah. You know. And so that's what you go by is, is your road name. Mm-hmm. And yours just appeared on the internet last night. Fine sugar. Fine sugar. <laughs> what happened? You took your wife to the store. Well, you know, we we had. You know, and we're having supply chain issues again. Right. We we, got, we went to we went to dinner and then afterwards um, we went to HEB. Right. Because she wanted to get some stuff for for Thanksgiving. Baking. We're, we're having the usual house full next mm-hmm. week, so she wanted to get those. So the terrorists are coming to your home. Yeah, basically they do every year. <laughs> go ahead. That's when Don drinks. Bit, that's right. But, uh, he drinks one time a year yeah, that's when the it. terrorists show yeah. up at your house and so we were looking around and and we were in the aisle where all the baking stuff is and she says to me can you find the the fine white sugar right and i looked to my left and there, i could see the shelf was empty and totally I, 
And I said, of course, you know, me being me, said, it's right here, it's baby. It's right here, baby. Yeah. What you talking about, hey. man? I'm the fine white sugar. Right here. <laughs> and, and there were probably six or seven other people standing nearby who heard the whole exchange, of course. Yeah. Um, at which point she's embarrassed beyond belief. Why? And, and, I, I make sure they hear. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know. you'd think, you know, that, you know, we've been married for nearly nine years. She knows She's you. She's well aware that I'm a jackass yeah. at this point, so yeah. she just kind of walks off and leaves me standing there. <laughs> Didn't she comment, you're a dork? Yeah, I get that a lot, too. <laughs> she commented on yeah, that you're a dork. Yeah. I get that. That's what she told me after I caught up to her, yeah. you know, down by whatever, wherever section she was in. She said, right. God, you're such a dork. You know what I have done when people, you know, because you get it to the holidays and people get an attitude, man. They get a real bad attitude when you're shopping, you know. Right. And the closer you get to Christmas, people, their attitude gets even worse because yep. you're standing in a line and you're not going to find what you're looking for. And then, you know, a, a season when you're supposed to be happy and joyous. So I just break out in song standing in line, man. You start jingin', singing jingle bells or I do. I or, kid right. you not. And loudly, awesome. not quietly. Right. I mean, as loud as I can. You try to get one of those viral moments going. I, and it you happens. You start singing and everybody else starts to sing along. It does. It happens, yeah. though. And you know what I'll do this year? If I, do, if I get a chance to do it, I'll do it and, I, and I'll video it and put it up on the website. Because it's true. People all of a sudden, they'll look at you like, man, this guy's psycho. You know, start hiding the kids, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And the next thing you know, the kids start singing, and then mom starts singing, and dad's. And pretty soon, standing in the line at the, at the Walmart, you got everybody singing. Awesome. I recommend that. Okay. I'll do that next time. Fine, sugar. <laughs> Back in a minute. Back in a minute, KTSA. This is Mark Trey Ware, now on FM 1071. Six oh six now at five fifty KTSA FM one oh seven one the Trayware page at KTSA.com. Donald Trump is back in. Outstanding speech from him last night. Controlled, measured, thoughtful, probably I don't know, probably the best speech I've ever seen him give. It was not going off the rails, he was not chaotic. It was well-measured, and he laid out the case for why he wants to be president again of the United States. Very well done by former President Trump last night. We're going to talk about that and let you hear a little bit of it as well coming right up. And I want to take your calls. I, if you saw it, what would you think about what you saw from President Trump, former President Trump last night? 210-599-5555. But first, I want to start with addressing a little bit of the Clayton Perry thing just briefly here. Um, Yesterday at 6.35, he was on the show, and the interview is up on the Treyware page, ktsa.com. Just go, just put my name, Trey, and KTSA in your search bar, and it'll come up. Um, Clayton uh, was very contrite. If you didn't hear the interview yesterday, I encourage you, go listen to it, okay? You're going to hear a man who um, uh, was a little bit broken, and certainly heartbroken, about what he uh, did and how it all came about. He did not try to shirk his responsibility or the consequences that are sure to come because they're going to be whatever they're going to be. In fact, he took the responsibility said, I'm totally responsible for this. And I'm so sorry for what happened. So you can listen to the interview at your own leisure, uh, Treyware page, KTSA.com. Um, now, there was some talk yesterday about, you know, whether or not the city is going to continue as they're looking for somebody to temporarily fill his spot. Are they going to continue to pay him? And he said, no, I don't want to be paid. Now, that's unusual for anybody 
who takes a leave of absence because that's what this is, but, but really for a politician, which goes to show you the character of Clayton Perry. He's not your typical politician. Most politicians would say, well, you, I deserve that money, and I'm not going to give it up. Now, he said, look, it's, uh, it's, it's right at forty-six grand a year. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forego that while I'm not there so the city doesn't have to double pay. He's never taken the health insurance. But I want to address for just a second the mayor of San Antonio because you had, in one week's time, you had two city council people that were censored by the city council. One was Mario Bravo. After he got into it with Anna Sandoval, somebody, I, I think he used to date her, didn't he? And he confronted her. And we've seen the video and all that kind of stuff. So he was censored. And then, of course, Clayton Perry for what happened uh, last weekend. Um, the mayor, when Clayton Perry's story broke, the mayor didn't have any facts. The mayor didn't know squat about it. He said he didn't know squat about it. <laughs> And certainly the police cam footage, footage had not been released and all the you know details and all hadn't come out yet, but the mayor immediately started to call for his resignation. And the reason for that is he's a political hack. He's turned into nothing more than a politician. And, uh, and, and throughout all of this, I just want to point out, throughout all of this, Ron Nirenberg has put his politics in front of humanity. And so um, when it came down to the actual vote of censure, Clayton Perry showed up. He was there to face the accusers. And, and in his statement, he said, I'm wrong. I did wrong, and I'm going to step to the side for a while, and I'm going to go through rehab and whatever I got. I'm going to meet with the you know, doctors and all that, figure out what I got to do. I'm really, really sorry for what happened. I'm, I'm so sorry. And you could hear that in his voice yesterday when I talked to him. So to his credit, Manny Pelize, who doesn't agree with anything Clayton Perry stands for, Manny Pillai said, hey, we got to change this resolution and give this guy a second chance because that's who we are. That's what we're about. This is not about politics. This is about our humanity. And the man is asking for forgiveness and a second chance, and we ought to offer that to him. And all the other city council people, with the exception of Jalen, said, yeah, let's do that. So they all voted unanimously. Jalen just sat out, but all the others voted unanimously for that, for, for that resolution that censured him but did not demand his resignation. In other words, they put their humanity in front of their politics, and they said, hey, man, we're going to give you a second chance, dude, because that's who we are. That's who, that's who people are generally in the country, but particularly here in, in my beloved San Antonio that I've been a part of now for almost 60 years. I know San Antonio, and I know this place much better than Ron Nuremberg could ever know it. And so uh, I've forgotten most about San Antonio than Ron Nirenberg will ever know about this city. But Ron Nirenberg, you see, he's not about uniting the city. He's a divider. He's a political hack. The guy is about his political future and not about bringing the city together. He's more about what's my next stepping stone? Where am I going to go next? That's all he cares about. And he's proven it time and time again. He lies. He has a left-wing, far-left-wing agenda that is slowly but surely destroying the city. He stood with BLM and says, my GD city, and all this stuff. You know, it's just absolute nonsense. What's com what comes from him, it's a disappointment to me because I kind of liked him at first, but, hey, he chose the road to walk on that he's walking on. So when Clayton Perry came to the city council and said, hey, man, I need a second chance. I'm sorry. I screwed up. 
All the city council people said, you got it, except Ron Nirenberg. Ron Nirenberg basically gave him a go to hell. He's still demanding his resignation. But then Ron Nirenberg, in a petulant little way, did something else. With, with Mario Bravo, also censored last week, he gave him committee assignments, which are pretty important things if you're you know involved and you're trying to get the best for your constituents and all that, being involved in these committees and all that. That's an important thing. He gave Mario Bravo committee assignments. He stripped them all from Clayton Perry. Now, that's just trying to exact another pound of flesh from a man when he's down. It's, it's, it's kicking a man when he's down. And all I can say to Ron is the time's going to come, and it may not be DUI because I don't even know if he drinks or whatever. You know, I, I have no idea what it's going to be. But the time always comes in all of our lives when we have to appeal and beg for mercy. We have to say, hey, man, I screwed up. And we hope and pray that the people on the other end of that are willing to extend us that second chance. Now, that doesn't get rid of the consequences, and, and, and Clayton has never said he wants the consequences to go away. Quite the opposite. He says the consequences are going to be what the consequences are going to be, and I'll deal with that. But instead of saying, yeah, you got it, man, Ron said no, and he was the only one that said no. Now, a couple of points that I'm making. First one was the one I just made, and that is, Ron, a day's going to come when you're going to have to go to somebody, and you're going to have to say, I'm so sorry, and I need your forgiveness, and I need a second chance. And I know San Antonio a lot better than you'll ever know it. And the people of San Antonio are willing to extend those second chances, regardless of what you're doing right now by saying, no, I'm not extending those second chances. The other thing that it does is it proves who he is. (laughs) Something I've been saying for a long time now, that he's not an honest guy. That he's not a man with mercy and forgiveness in his heart willing to extend that to people. He's not. What he is, is about politics and his agenda winning the day. And in order for him to have a complete yes-man city council which is what he has now with the exception of Clayton. But in order to make that total incomplete, because he's very thin-skinned and he doesn't like somebody to tell him no, he's got to get rid of Clayton Perry. That's why he immediately started to demand Clayton's resignation and why when the rest of them said, here's a second chance, he said, no, I'm not giving him a second chance. Which leads to my final point, and that is that puts him so out of step with who we are. So out of step. San Antonio is a second-chance place. We typically, when somebody comes and says, I need a second chance, whether it's somebody in the limelight or not, and i got to tell you, as somebody who's lived my entire life, 60 years, in the public eye, this whole shame thing is a really hard thing to deal with when you're in the public eye. It's really hard. It's hard enough when you're not. But when you're in the public eye, all of your dirty laundry is out there for everybody to see. And it's really, really hard to deal with. So Clayton needs your prayers. He needs that second chance. He's asked for it. And I know San Antonio a whole lot better than Ron Nirenberg will ever know San Antonio. And I know that San Antonians are giving him that second chance, represented by their city council members in their vote, with the exception of Ron Nirenberg. So, Mr. Mayor, the time's going to come when you're going to want it. The time's going to come when you're going to ask for it. And I know the citizens of San Antonio are going to give it to you, unlike what you have done for Clayton Perry. The citizens of San Antonio 
or a second chance city. So God bless San Antonio. One of the reasons I close every single show by saying, I love you, San Antonio. And I don't think that's something that Ron Nirenberg can say, or at least mean it if he were to say it. Take a quick break. Come right back, and we'll talk about Donald Trump and his speech last night. I want to tell you about Dr. Mark Habercorn and the great team at River City Oral Surgery. That's RiverCityOMS.com at River City Oral Surgery. They take care of people just like you and me every day. Now, one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up about them is that, you know, beginning of the, the new year, the inflation is going to hit him, too, and he's got to go up on his prices. He really doesn't have a choice because the materials that he has to buy and all that – all going up because of inflation. So Jan 1, his prices are going to go up. You're still going to be able to see him on the website, as you always have, because he's all about transparency, and that's one of the reasons why you hear all of us talk about his prices are going to go up. So get on in there now. Use your Flex account. Use your HSA account, whatever, and get the work done that maybe you have been putting off. As always, those prices are right there on the website. And unlike most dental offices, they're going to give you flat bundled fees for many common dental procedures instead of nickel and diming you to death. That's RiverCityOMS.com, River City Oral Surgery, 210-778-0002. Partly cloudy today and tomorrow with highs around 59 or 60. Right now, 42 at KTSA. Good morning. Looks like a new trouble spot. 599-5555. Did you see Donald Trump last night? If you didn't, I'm going to let you hear a little bit of it, but let me just kind of lay a little bit of the backgrounding. Now, actually, Jimmy, let's go ahead and go with 19, because this will tell you the, the meat, the crux of why he was there giving that speech last night. Here it goes. Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. If you look at the numbers, if you look at what's happened with Hispanic, with African American, with Asian, and just look at what's happening, this is a party that has become much bigger, much stronger, much more powerful, can do much more good for our country. The tone of the entire speech was very measured and under control. It was not chaotic. It was not out of control. He didn't get off the rails and go, you know, chase all these rabbit holes. He stayed focused on his mission and get, uh, go ahead, Jimmy, let's play that second sound bite. He stayed focused on his mission, which was, I'm running for president in 2024. Listen to this. We will immediately tackle inflation and bring down to a level that it was, you know, we were at zero, but actually the best number is 1%. Do you know that? You don't want it really zero. You're, but we've, we were at zero. We actually got it to exactly 1%, the perfect number. One thing every economist agrees, don't have it zero, have it like at 1%. They even say one to two, but I said, let's do one. We are now somewhere north of 10%, uh, 12% in inflation. 
Now, I know the number that the official number that they give you is like 8 to 8.5%. No. When you factor in everything and all the other uh, parts of the economy, you're talking about over 10%, maybe 12% inflation that exists right now. And you know what it's doing to all of us. Well, as an example, Don was talking last hour how he went to the grocery store last night and the shelves were empty again. I mean, we're, we're, we're here at a time now when people are not being able to afford to actually buy the things that they need to buy, and we got empty shelves again. The thing about Donald Trump's speech last night, it gave me a lot of hope. Um, it was a fantastic speech. As I said, probably the best speech I've ever seen the man give because he stayed focused, and he was measured, and he was under control. Um, and, and I thought it just brought back to mind all the great things he was able to accomplish in two years. I know he was in office for four, but keep in mind, the last two years, it was COVID, and that was every. He was having to deal with a crashed economy because of COVID. He was having to deal with sick people everywhere and everything that was going on. Plus, he got COVID himself before they had the the treatment and the and the vax available and all that kind of stuff. So, in two years' time, the man re- rolled back so many regulations. Keep in mind, he had a law in place that any time you um, uh, put a new regulation on, you had to take two off. Okay, Jimmy, go ahead. That means low taxes low regulations and fair trade, much of which I've already completed, but now will even greatly enhance. Other countries should pay for the privilege of coming into the American marketplace. They have to pay to come into our country and make all of that money, take it away from us. That's not the case now. And one thing that we always heard about a Donald Trump administration was how chaotic things were, and they probably were inside the White House, but the country was not. The country was even killed, and the country had low gas prices, and the country was prosperous. And the America First agenda was working very well for this country. It did a lot of great things in a, in a couple of short years for this country. And it, last night, he reminded Americans of that, and he did a, a fantastic job speaking. Uh, he didn't trash other, uh, other people. The Ron DeSanctimonious thing never came up. He didn't, you know. The only thing he talked about was Joe Biden falling asleep at these things. We, we talk about all that all the time refusing to go to some of them because he's tired and all that um and and the chaos really is existing now we have chaos in the markets we have complete and total uncertainty with our economy right now jeff bezos announced yesterday he's laying off ten thousand people i mean put that with fedex put that with all the others that wasn't going on the first two years of the trump administration the only reason any of these companies laid anybody off and a lot of them didn't didn't but the only reason they did for the last two years of the trump administration because of covid the country was shut down and so it was just it, i thought it was a great speech and and so my, my point is i'm very hopeful with the conservative movement and that's one of the things that he said and we just played the soundbite for you he said this is bigger than any one person this is a movement, and I love hearing that. Because the movement, the forces on the other side, they consider themselves a movement. I'm talking about the anti-American radicals who are running our government now out of Washington, D.C., and they're attacking America. And so, you know, Trump can, co- can, can coalesce a, a, or, 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 you know, put a, a movement together to move against these anti-American forces headed up by Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas and all these others that are running the show in Washington, D.C., and can fight back against that and can actually win. And so when you consider the guy that I have loved for a long time, and I think his policies are great and what he's done for Florida has been, been amazing, that's Ron DeSantis. When you consider Mike Pompeo, the, the greatest uh, secretary of state this country's ever had, Mike Pompeo, look at what he did in the world. 
and, and how we were advancing with peace and security. We weren't worried about a nuclear Armageddon like we are today. Our kids weren't living under that under the Trump years because of people like Mike Pompeo. And I could go down the list of all the people that are likely to be running, and I want to see them all come together because that's what it's going to take. We're all going to have to come together. It's going to take a Trump, and it's going to take a DeSantis, and it's going to take a Pompeo and on down the line to come together to re- absolutely go back again, push back against this anti-American movement that is happening right now to destroy our country. From open borders and, and fentanyl under Alejandro Mayorkas, who is a radical anti-American person, to the court system and everything else that's happening in this country right now, these people that I'm mentioning, the names that I'm mentioning with Donald Trump and with Ron DeSantis and all of them, they can head up a movement in this country, the likes that this nation has never seen before, and reclaim the greatness of our nation. Trump was getting it done, and he got it done in two years. Just imagine what will happen going forward. Now, this is not an endorsement. What I'm doing is I'm keeping my options open, and I'm surveying the entire field, keeping the powder dry, as the boys say. And I'm looking at everything and everybody, and I'm going to hear from everybody. And every and like I told Sean yesterday, if Donald Trump wants to announce a run for president, that's his business, and I'm going to take a look at it. But I'm also going to look at Ron DeSantis. I'm going to look at all of them. And I'm going to see who the best person is going to be to head up this movement. But I want to see a movement. And I'm ready to be a part of a movement that pushes back against the anti-American forces trying to decimate and destroy our nation right now. They're destroying your children in the schools. We'll talk about that coming up. They're destroying the economy. They're absolutely killing people with the with the fentanyl that's being brought in this country and the prosecutor's not doing anything about it. So it's time for us to rise up as a movement and elect somebody who will head up that movement, and let's go. 210-599-5555. Your thoughts coming up next. I'm going to tell you about Laurel Ridge Treatment Center. Laurel Ridge is here for you, and uh, no matter what the situation is, because hope never gives up. And at Laurel Ridge, they're all about hope. That is their key word over at Laurel Ridge. It's hope, and they do it all the time. They have both inpatient and day treatment options for your child or your adolescent. For somebody who's in the military, they do a great job for those who come back from deployment and have stressors. They are wonderful with that. And uh, it's all about working closely with the entire family as a unit. They're a trusted treatment option. They offer hope to families of San Antonio and South Texas, and they've been doing it since 1987. Their outpatient day treatment services allow patients to receive treatment during the day and go home to normal family life in the evening. Get a free assessment offered 24-7 from Laurel Ridge at 210-491-3591. Hi, Danny Bose here from Southwest Metal Roofing System. 599-5555. Did you see Donald Trump last night? If you didn't, I'm going to let you hear a little bit of it, but let me just kind of lay a little bit of the background. Now, actually, Jimmy, let's go ahead and go with 19. Because this will tell you the the meat, the crux of why he was there giving that speech last night. Here it goes. Together we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. 
If you look at the numbers, if you look at what's happened with Hispanic, with African-American, with Asian, and just look at what's happening. This is a party that has become much bigger, much stronger, much more powerful, can do much more good for our country. The tone of the entire speech was very measured and under control. It was not chaotic. It was not out of control. He didn't get off the rails and go, you know, chase all these rabbit holes. He stayed focused on his mission and get, go ahead, Jimmy, let's play that second sound bite. He stayed focused on his mission, which was, I'm running for president in 2024. Listen to this. We will immediately tackle inflation and bring down to a level that it was, you know, we were at zero. But actually, the best number is 1%. Do you know that? You don't want it really zero. But we were at zero. We actually got it to exactly 1%, the perfect number. One thing every economist agrees, don't have it zero. Have it like at 1%. They even say one to two. But I said, let's do one. We are now somewhere north of 10%, uh, 12% in inflation. Now, I know the number that the official number that they give you is like 8 to 8.5%. No. When you factor in everything and all the other uh, parts of the economy, you're talking about over 10%, maybe 12% inflation that exists right now. And you know what it's doing to all of us. Well, as an example, Don was talking last hour how he went to the grocery store last night and the shelves were empty again. I mean, we're, we're, we're here at a time now when people are not being able to afford to actually buy the things that they need to buy, and we got empty shelves again. The thing about Donald Trump's speech last night, it gave me a lot of hope. Um, it was a fantastic speech, as I said, probably the best speech I've ever seen the man give, because he stayed focused, and he was measured, and he was under control. Um, and, and I thought it just brought back to mind all the great things he was able to accomplish in two years. I know he was in office for four, but keep in mind, the last two years, it was COVID, and that was every. He was having to deal with a crashed economy because of COVID. He was having to deal with sick people everywhere and everything that was going on. Plus, he got COVID himself before they had the the treatment and the and the vax available and all that kind of stuff. So, in two years' time, the man re- rolled back so many regulations. Keep in mind, he had a law in place that any time you um, uh, put a new regulation on, you had to take two off. Okay, Jimmy, go ahead. That means low taxes low regulations and fair trade, much of which I've already completed, but now will even greatly enhance. Other countries should pay for the privilege of coming into the American marketplace. They have to pay to come into our country and make all of that money, take it away from us. That's not the case now. And one thing that we always heard about a Donald Trump administration was how chaotic things were, and they probably were inside the White House, but the country was not. The country was even keel, and the uh, the country had low gas prices, and the country was prosperous. And the America First agenda was working very well for this country. It did a lot of great things in a a couple of short years for this country. And last night, he reminded Americans of that, and he did a a fantastic job speaking. Uh, He didn't trash other other people. The Ron DeSanctimonious thing never came up. He didn't, you know. The only thing he talked about was Joe Biden falling asleep at these things. We, We talk about all that all the time refusing to go to some of them because he's tired and all that um and and the chaos really is existing now we have chaos in the markets we have complete and total uncertainty with our economy right now jeff bezos announced yesterday he's laying off ten thousand people 
I mean, put that with FedEx, put that with all the others. That wasn't going on the first two years of the Trump administration. The only reason any of these companies laid anybody off, and a lot of them didn't, didn't, but the only reason they did for the last two years of the Trump administration was because of COVID. The country was shut down. And so it was just, it, I thought it was a great speech. And, and so my, my point is, I'm very hopeful with the conservative movement, and that's one of the things that he said, and we just played the soundbite for you. He said, this is bigger than any one person. This is a movement, and I love hearing that. Because the movement, the forces on the other side, they consider themselves a movement. I'm talking about the anti-American radicals who are running our government now out of Washington, D.C., and they're attacking America. And so, you know, Trump can, co- can, can coalesce a, a, or, 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 you know, put a, a movement together to move against these anti-American forces headed up by Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas and all these others that are running the show in Washington, D.C., and can fight back against that and can actually win. And so when you consider the guy that I have loved for a long time, and I think his policies are great and what he's done for Florida has been, Florida's been amazing, that's Ron DeSantis. When you consider Mike Pompeo, the, the greatest uh, Secretary of State this country's ever had, Mike Pompeo, look at what he did in the world. And, and how we were advancing with peace and security. We weren't worried about a nuclear Armageddon like we are today. Our kids weren't living under that under the Trump years because of people like Mike Pompeo. And I could go down the list of all the people that are likely to be running, and I want to see them all come together because that's what it's going to take. We're all going to have to come together. It's going to take a Trump, and it's going to take a DeSantis, and it's going to take a Pompeo and on down the line to come together to re- absolutely go back again, push back against this anti-American movement that is happening right now to destroy our country from open borders and and fentanyl under Alejandro Mayorkas, who is a radical anti-American person, to the court system and everything else that's happening in this country right now. These people that I'm mentioning, the names that I'm mentioning with Donald Trump and with Ron DeSantis and all of them, they can head up a movement in this country the likes that this nation has never seen before and reclaim the greatness of our nation. Trump was getting it done, and he got it done in two years. Just imagine what will happen going forward. Now, this is not an endorsement. What I'm doing is I'm keeping my options open, and I'm surveying the entire field, keeping the powder dry, as the boys say. And I'm looking at everything and everybody, and I'm going to hear from everybody. And every and like I told Sean yesterday, if Donald Trump wants to announce a run for president, that's his business, and I'm going to take a look at it. But I'm also going to look at Ron DeSantis. I'm going to look at all of them. And I'm going to see who the best person is going to be to head up this movement. But I want to see a movement. And I'm ready to be a part of a movement that pushes back against the anti-American forces trying to decimate and destroy our nation right now. They're destroying your children in the schools. We'll talk about that coming up. They're destroying the economy. They're absolutely killing people with the with the fentanyl that's being brought in this country and the prosecutor's not doing anything about it. So it's time for us to rise up as a movement and elect somebody who will head up that movement, and let's go. 210-599-5555, your thoughts coming up next. I'm going to tell you about Laurel Ridge Treatment Center. Laurel Ridge is here for you, and uh, no matter what the situation is, because hope never gives up. And at Laurel Ridge, they're all about hope. That is their key word over at Laurel Ridge. It's hope. And they do it all the time. They have both inpatient and day treatment options for your child or your adolescent. For somebody who's in the military, they do a great job for those who come back from deployment and have stressors. They are wonderful with that. And uh, it's all about working closely with the entire family as a unit. 
They're a trusted treatment option. They offer hope to families of San Antonio and South Texas, and they've been doing it since 1987. Their outpatient day treatment services allow patients to receive treatment during the day and go home to normal family life in the evening. Get a free assessment offered 24-7 from Laurel Ridge at 210-491-3591. Hi, Danny Bose here from Southwest Metal Roofing System. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Trey Ware here on KTSA. But first, let me squeeze Ron, caller Ron in here, 210-599-5555. Ron, did you see Trump's speech last night? No, I did not. I listened to part of it. Uh, you know, he, he's a good president. Uh, problem is, is his mouth, and I think that's what caused him the, uh, caused him to lose the election. I don't think he's all. I think he could have gone, still won, even though they cheated. But he lost a lot of people by kept running his mouth for four years, and he, he doesn't stop. That's what he's doing to you know Florida governor. Uh, governor, you Okay. All right. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let me go to John Hayward from Breitbart.com, the author of Doctor Zero Year One, and he joins me every Wednesday at this time. Well, John, let's start there. Uh, Trump is is back in for twenty twenty four. What did you think of last night's speech, and what do you think about that? Well, uh, by the standards of Trump speeches, it was fairly straightforward and anodyne. It wasn't as spectacular or energetic as his first announcement was. I don't know that that's going to have any bearing on what happens in the long term, but I don't think, you know, and not surprisingly, he doesn't have quite the same atmosphere of, of, of excitement and, you know, energy and let's do this surrounding him after the midterm drubbing. I mean, that, that shouldn't surprise anybody. If he was going to do this, if he was going to announce, I'm glad he did it early. So the, we know he's in the race. We knew he probably would be. And now what the else planning on running can adjust to his presence yeah and and it looks like a really solid field is now starting to form up for for 2024 and and very early by the way uh, you know by tradition and, and standards that usually doesn't happen until probably sometime uh, after the first of the year or getting closer to the springtime but everybody's starting to form up now on the republican side you, you certainly got ron DeSantis there and uh mike pompeo and there are plenty of others that look like they're gonna get into this race so we we finished one last week and we're just now stepping to the next one we haven't even finished that one have we we still have georgia to go yeah really not done yet because that's how elections work these days it takes forever to count the votes and then there's recounts and you know good close election runs and all that i guess we're just stuck with that forever so we need to learn how to exist in that environment so what do you think about that i mean we're we got uh, maricopa county and they counted until they got the result that they wanted uh, in nevada they turned the cameras off a la epstein and pelosi's house and so i who knows what they were doing over there in nevada uh, and and people seem to be resigned to this whole idea of let's go ahead and have a month of election i think that's totally absurd it, it absolutely is. I mean, the, the early voting uh, things are one, early voting rules. Mail-in balloting is absurd, ridiculous, should never have been tolerated, but now we're stuck with it forever, I guess. So we all have to learn to live with that. And then when it comes to counting the votes and processing it and things like that, Florida stands as the eternal proof that you can do it well. And I consider that to be a completely nonpartisan point. Unfortunately, it's made into a partisan point by people that want loosey-goosey voting rules and endless recounts and dead-of-night ballot drops and all the other nonsense that we're used to putting up with but as a completely nonpartisan point we should all have tight clean elections that only take a couple of days at most to run and the results are known that day it's possible florida does it everybody could do it the only reason we're not getting that is because certain interests do not want us to have elections that run that way no 
No, they they want to be able to count until they get the the answer that they they are looking for. What did you? Um, what what is the difference maker in Florida? I know that DeSantis had a, a lot of reform that he put into place with elections out there. What do you think was uh, the big difference maker? A lot of it was Jeb Bush, too. Jeb Bush did a lot of election reform after the 2000 election. I mean, that's the thing that changed everything. 2000 was a nightmare, and that really lit a fire under people in Florida to make elections better. And I think it was a synergistic process. Once you start making elections better, once you set reasonable rules and you're logical and methodical about it, the whole process gets tighter and more logical. And all of the political hijinks and the people that want to do ballot drops in the dead of night, they become less of a problem once you're determined to have clean, tight elections but you need the political will to get there and it has to be people at the state level and that's why some of these bad jurisdictions are not going to get any better these places that like the loose voting rules and the crazy midnight ballot drops and all that the the people that run those states are going to make sure that it never gets any better than that arizona just the the governor is now going to be the person that that saw to it that they had a a national Mm -hmm. laughing stock of an election and wow she won Woo! what a surprise i mean that that is going to shake people's faith in elections it should shake your faith in elections and and that kind of thing shouldn't even be a question. Nobody should be doing what, what was done in Arizona. Nobody should be doing it anywhere. And like I said, it should be nonpartisan. The American people should be able to come together, Republicans, Democrats, independents, and demand clean, reasonable elections that don't make us look like a third world laughing stock. But for some reason, we, we don't, and we're stuck with what we have. Totally agree with that. When we're looking at, uh, say, you know, the, the mail-in ballots or the ballot harvesting that the Democrats do, somebody commented yesterday, and I thought it was pretty poignant, they said, said while Carrie Lake was out there doing what she was supposed to do and that is campaign and and ask for the order you know here I am this is what I'm about and all that the Democrats were behind the scenes uh, running these uh, these operations on the ground to go you know ballot harvest and go get these things and take them take the ballots here there and yonder uh, wherever they were go and and somebody said look the Republicans have got to change their way of doing business when it comes to uh, elections and get more boots on the ground to do what the Democrats have done. What do you think about that? I hate to say it, but it's true. You're never going to win elections in these places and then make the rules better unless you play that game. And yeah. we just saw numerous demonstrations. You know, the, One of the reasons why people are saying the polls were wrong in the midterm, it wasn't really they were wrong. They were right. The, the polls were fairly accurate. It's just that a huge amount of the vote was harvested and banked long before debates happened, long before the polls shifted, long before Republican candidates got momentum. That is the environment you have to learn to play in now as a Republican. And not only does it mean you need your own ballot harvest, operations to compete, but it means you're above the surface campaign. It has to be run in a different way. You can't expect to have dramatic developments. You can't really count on the debate. Uh, in Arizona, Katie Hobbs didn't debate. You know, Democrats get away with that now. They could just say, no, I'm not going to debate my opponent, and they can still win. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can't bank on the traditional uh, events of politics. The traditional drama is not going to unfold ever again, maybe, the way that it used to. And you have to, to play in this new environment where you've got to secure your votes early, fast, and without assuming that you're going to have a dramatic debate performance because it may not matter at all that's exactly what i've been saying on this show since last week is if republicans want to change the way things are done you got to get into power that may for a short term you may have to play their game in order to get elected to to be able to change it john hayward from breitbart.com the author of dr zero year one Uh, every week we get to hear from him and his great uh analysis of what's going on thank you john we'll talk next week Thanks for having me again. Take care. Talk to you later. All right, two, uh, 646 at KTSA. I want to tell you about, uh, well, first of all, let me get a couple of calls real quick here. All right, let me get uh, Ray in here. Ray, you're on KTSA. Go right ahead, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Trump and Santos 
have a great relationship. How about a ticket with Trump and Sanchez as uh, vice president? Trump uh, heads the ticket and vice president would be uh, Ron DeSantis. Maybe so. You never know. All right. Thank you, Ray. Jason, you're on KTSA. Go right ahead. Yeah, hey, great show, Trey. Hey, I don't think DeSantis is going to run. He's not going to do that to the Floridians. He, he just won re-election by a landslide. He's not going to bolt and try and be the president. Um, and the other thing the Republicans need to do, whoever the nominee is, they need to get behind him 100%. Yeah. They will do that unless it's Trump because half the Republicans are scared of Trump because he, he sheds light on them. Well, who else? Uh, you, you've knocked out uh, Trump and you've knocked out uh, DeSantis there. Who, who are you thinking? Well, hey, I heard an interview the other day where Pence said he's, he's not done with political office, and there's only one more for him. Uh, you know, plus, I, he, can, he can claim he did a lot of things with Trump. You know, the thing with Trump is everybody says, oh, you know, he's, he's lost his uh, luster. Well, actually, the American public knows how life was under Trump. Is pretty damn good if you compare it now. Mm-hmm. But Pence can make that claim as well, and he's a pretty smart guy too. Uh, he did a lot of things, so I, I think Pence may be he may be uh, out there as well. All right, Jason, thank you. He's a certainly a great choice. Uh, he's a good guy, and he's solid, and he's very smart. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Quick break. Your calls after the break. Texas State Equipment. Texas State Equipment. Number one in the state of Texas in heavy construction and ag equipment. And now I got some really exciting news for you. They are the new South Texas equipment dealer for New Holland Equipment. So if you're looking for a backhoe or one of their workmaster tractors, they've got it for you at Texas State Equipment. One of the things that I've always loved telling you about Texas State Equipment is they are Texans serving Texans. They've been doing that for over three decades in the construction business and in the ag business as well. And they're here to take care of your needs. In fact, one of the cool things about Texas State Equipment is you can build your tractor your way. Just go to the website, TexasState.Equipment, TexasState.Equipment, and uh, there's a place there you can just tell them what you want, what you don't want, and they'll build the tractor the way you want it done. Their phone number is 844-TX-EQUIP at Texas State Equipment, and they're a high-volume dealer, which means you pay the lowest price on your big equipment. Construction and ag equipment, they've got it for you at Texas State Equipment, 844-TX-EQUIP. This is Shane Ratliff, owner of Patriot Trees. Do you Just speak it into your cell phone and email it to me, Trey at KTSA.com. That's Trey at KTSA.com. And I'll give it to Jimmy, and he'll put you in the rotation, and we'll have you saying the pledge. Just say it into your cell phone and just send it to me, Trey, at KTSA.com. All right, coming up on Where and Rhyme, of course, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump in that speech uh, last night. Uh, FBI Director Chris Wray um, was in front of Congress yesterday. He and Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas lied to Congress yesterday, and he should be impeached. He should be impeached for a violation of Article 4 of the Constitution. He raised his hand, and he promised to swear. He swore an oath to that Constitution. He violates the Constitution. Alejandro Mayorkas is one of those anti-American radicals that is working to destroy the United States of America. Make no mistake about it. The folks inside the Beltway right now, that's what they are all about. They are anti-American radicals who are working to destroy this country from the inside out. And so he lied yesterday when he said the border's secure. They asked him, point blank, is the border secure? And just like Anthony Fauci has lied under oath, Alejandro Mayorkas continues to lie under oath. Republicans taking over Congress, day one, impeach him. Day one, impeach Joe Biden as well. Do them both. 
get them both out of office. So Christopher Ray also should be removed from office as the director of the FBI. He was asked point blank yesterday, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6, 2021? He was not asked about agents. Were agents embedded? No. Confidential human sources. Those are people like you and me that, you know, sign up to help. His answer was a bunch of BS. In fact, to the point where the congressman who was questioning him got frustrated and said, your answer should be no. You should be able to say to the American people, no, we did not have anybody embedded dressed up as a Trump supporter there in January 6th, because you know what? I believe they did. And I believe they were riling the crowd up to go in there. And I believe that they caused a lot of what happened on January 6th. And so do a lot of other Americans. And Christopher Ray added to my belief yesterday when he refused to answer that question, or he beat around the bush on answering that question. He did not say, no, we did not have anybody embedded with those forces. He could not give that answer because he knew he was under oath, which says to me loud and clear, in fact, they did have people there who were riling up the masses, just like we've seen on video time and time and time again. Well, it it hasn't been investigated because the Democrats have been in charge. When the Republicans take office after January and January, that's one of the first investigations they should do. And we should know the truth about January 6th, and we don't. Back in a minute with Warren Rima, KTSA. If you're thinking about solar, here's a couple more.